You are listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast, and I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. This is episode 216. The title is, Should a Wife Be Intimate If She Doesn't Want to Be? Let the title of this podcast be your viewer's discretion warning. You can choose if, when, and where you want to listen to this podcast. If you want to listen to it, I would encourage you also to make sure that you catch my show notes. I have more information in the show notes than what I'm going to share in this podcast, so for you to get the fullest treatment of it, I would encourage you to read the show notes as well. There are many embedded articles here, quite a few of them, probably seven or eight. I also have an infographic here, too. And so with all of this information, it will be an excellent long-term study assignment, especially for the couple that has intimacy issues, but also for those of you who are doing the work of disciple-making. Now, of course, if you are a Christian, you're doing the work of disciple-making or there's something wrong with your Christianity. But I know that everybody is not doing disciple or not making disciples in the area of marriage, and so that's a smaller number of people. And for those of you who are working with folks in their marriages, I would encourage you to use episode 216 because you can uh, take this podcast, you can take the show notes and the articles, and it could be a good six-month assignment that you can work through with a struggling couple. It would be fantastic if, if the husband and wife, if they're struggling with intimacy, that they could sit down over a period of, of two or three months and work through this and do a whole lot of talking and a whole lot of praying. It could truly dramatically change your marriage. This is a big issue in all marriages, and the reason for that it should be common sense, as we know that we are Adamic people, and part of it, what part of what it means to be Adamic, is that we all struggle with guilt, fear, and shame to varying degrees, and because of what is required in intimacy, it is full on relationship between a, a physical relationship and a spiritual relationship between a man and a woman. Well, because we are not perfected. in Christ, there's going to be issues, and you you won't have a more transparent relationship with another human being. And again, because of the doctrine of sin, there are going to be problems. And so this question is normal. Should a wife be intimate with her husband if she doesn't want to be? And one of the things that I would caution you about, and, and I want to lead with this, that to give a quick answer to this question, uh, that's not the right response. I mean, you could say, yes, I mean, if she doesn't want to be intimate, then that's her right, and she doesn't have to be intimate. Or you could take a more hard line, and you can say, no, absolutely not under any conditions. And that would be unfortunate as well, because we do live in a fallen world. And if James's words were ever appropriate, <laughs> be quick to listen and slow to speak. They are, those words are appropriate in this context. And so if someone comes to you, if it's your wife who comes to you and says that she doesn't want to be intimate tonight, or if a wife is talking to you and you're walking her through this issue, another lady walking her through this struggle that she's having, you wanna slow down. You want to pump the brakes before responding. 
it would be easy to to map our responses over all situations but that is impossible and it is unwise to map a universal absolute response over fallen people and expect conformity, unity, and no more problems. Sin is not that neat, and it's not that cooperative. And when stuff happens between two people, you do want to be careful. You want to think thoughtfully, and you want to make sure that you you understand the situation entirely before you move forward. You have to exegete each couple. And what I mean by that is you have to unpack each couple according to who they are. To exegete is a 25-cent theological word, but it, it just means to unpack, to rake down to the, to the bottom of it, to get to the bottom of it, to make sure that you understand what is going on thoroughly. And only after you unpack or exegete an individual or a couple that is struggling this way can you bring biblical care to them according to who they are. And it is important that you understand that according to who they are. The Bible speaks to all matters of life and godliness, but we want to customize it always to the individual that is sitting in front of us or the couple that is sitting in front of us. I mean, ideally, it would be great if all married people enjoyed intimacy without issues, but we just don't live in that world. And so with each person, you must find your starting point before you can begin to care for them. You, you can't assume or mandate that they have your standards or your understanding. At the heart of the gospel is going to where people are. Jesus found our starting point. He didn't stand in heaven and, and say, be like me. No, he, he had to come and find out where we were, which was in a horrible pit. And so he started at that point where we were, not where we should be, could be, or where he wanted us to be. And then he extracted us and placed us on a rock. And then he began a process of bringing us along to where we are today as we continue to progress in our, our sanctification. And so we just don't want to demand that people conform without bringing them that customized care that they need. And when it comes to sexual intimacy, people are all, all over the map. And so, husband, let this be a warning to you or maybe a gentle appeal if your wife is struggling this way, do you know where she is? Do you know where her starting point is? Do you know why she is struggling this way? Do you understand some of the dynamic shaping influences in her life that have sculpted her into the individual that she is? And then just as important to that question, what is your redemptive and practical plan to cooperate with the Lord to bring her to where she needs to be? The temptation would be strong, especially for us men. The temptation would be strong for us to stand where we are with our understanding and our limited perspective and mandate or manipulate or even manhandle as we try to coerce the wife to do things our way. But it also works to the wife. Wife, let this be a warning to you or minimally a, a gentle appeal to you. Do you understand where your husband is? The unique dynamic shaping influences in his life that have sculpted him to the individual that he is. He might not be all that you want him to be, but do you understand where, where he is and what he is and how he got there? And so are you imitating the gospel to him rather than standing in your rightness, assuming that you are right? 
and demanding that he be where you are, but do you have a, a practical, strategic, redemptive plan to cooperate with God in bringing him along when it comes to sexual in- intimacy in the marriage, that the husband and wife must have this compassionate understanding of of each fallen individual within the couple and and be ready and willing to cooperate with the Lord to bring them along. And so when someone asks a question on this level, this significant, should a wife be intimate if she doesn't want to be? Make sure that you're following James's advice and that you're quick to listen. And, and I would add, quick to understand, quick to discern, quick to know why this person is struggling this way and how you can cooperate with the Lord. Whether it's the man or the woman, both the husband and the wife need this kind of spirit-illuminated insight and courage and grace from God to be able to resolve this problem because our temptation is to take the sinful approach, which seems to be, in our human wisdom, the shortest distance between two points. And so if my husband is not doing the way that I want him to be, then I can respond in anger or silent treatment or whatever the manipulative method is to to move them along. And then for the husband, of course, the shortest distance between two points is to also manipulate, and you don't want to do that because this issue about biblical intimacy, this is a high-end significant problem that can be in any marriage, and you want to move carefully, cautiously, with wisdom, and make sure you understand as much as you can understand the person that you are interacting with so that you can help them. And then the second thing that I would say is that you need to have a a good definition of what biblical intimacy is. I want to give you a short descriptor here. Biblical intimacy is two people within marriage enjoying each other physically and spiritually. Think about that definition. Two people, a husband and wife, enjoying each other physically and spiritually. That is a short descriptor, but it is potent. It is a potent descriptor. When I say physically and spiritually, I mean it is a full body, full spiritual engagement of the other person. It's all of the man, it's body and soul, all of the woman, body and soul, enjoying each other. There are no fig leaves. The fig leaves are, are pulled off, and they are, they are together physically. But it's also a spiritual engagement between the husband and wife. God is very much involved in, in what we call physical intimacy. I'm using the term biblical intimacy here rather than physical intimacy because biblical intimacy brings in both of our dichotomies, body and and soul. Everything is involved. That's why this is the the highest level of engagement between a husband and a wife, because it is both of their dichotomies entirely engaged with each other in lovemaking. And because there is so much involved and so much is required, well, of course, there can be problems because we are fallen people. We are, we are not entirely sanctified by Christ yet. And so we come into the marriage with soul problems. We can come into the marriage with physical problems as far as that is concerned. 
but we come into the marriage with levels of brokenness and what biblical intimacy requires, this full-on engagement physically and spiritually, you can be in a situation to where the wife, for whatever reason, is asking this question, should I be intimate with my husband or not? There could be legitimate reasons for that. I mean, there are legitimate reasons for that, but what you want to do is to find out why. And you want to be comprehensive in understanding why a wife would ask that question. Comprehensive. And what I mean here is that it is physical, spiritual engagement. And so everything is open. Everything is something that you need to explore. For example, the soul comprises such things as emotions, the will, the conscience, the mind, the motivations, the intentions, the thoughts. The soul is a basket word. It encompasses all of the non-organic parts, to use that language, of the husband and wife. Do you think that two fallen people coming together spiritually in biblical intimacy aren't going to have problems. That's why you want to be careful before you answer the question. You need to explore. There is something going on with both of these individuals, and you need to know what is happening. Is someone struggling with shame? That's highly prob- 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 <laughs> that is highly probable that one or both of the spouses are struggling with shame, that will inhibit biblical intimacy? Are there fear issues going on with the individual? That is highly possible that fear is in play. On the physical side, is there pain involved with uh, the act of biblical intimacy? Is the person disabled that in some way that would inhibit biblical intimacy? When you begin to unpack this question that I'm asking here in episode 216, should a wife be intimate if she doesn't want to be? The first thing you're going to do is slow down and make sure you have the true starting point before you begin to give advice. The second thing that you're going to do is that you're going to unpack this idea of biblical intimacy from this descriptor as a husband and wife enjoying each other physically and spiritually and so there is a lot of there are a lot of questions that you need to ask there's a lot that you need to explore before you move move forward because obviously something is wrong and you need to get to the bottom of it just to say in a quick what could be a terse way well no she should be intimate with her husband whenever he wants to Well, that could really be unfortunate, and it could cause an accumulative effect of complications in the future if you move forward in that way without taking the time to to understand what is going on between this couple. And then the third thing, I described to you or defined to you biblical intimacy, but now I want to talk about gospel-centered intimacy, and, and that is another angle on this idea of biblical intimacy. A couple must understand the gospel in order to have biblical intimacy the right way. If a couple doesn't understand gospel-centered intimacy, what will happen is that they will use sex as a means to satisfy themselves primarily 
And quite honestly, the other partner will feel like a prostitute. And I know that sounds crass, and I want to explain to you why I am even saying that using a crass term. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it to be shocking. I'm not doing it to be crass. I, I'm doing it because I have set on, I've sat on the, the end of counseling many times where I've heard several women use that exact term because the husband did not understand gospel-centered intimacy and he used sex as a means to satisfy himself primarily. And I've had more than one wife tell me, honestly, I feel like a Christian prostitute. And because I've heard that term so many times that I actually wrote a case study in our mastermind school in our all online training program. We have 48 case studies that our students have to work through during the program. And one of those case studies is called the case of the Christian prostitute. And I put those two words together intentionally because I've heard it so many times in counseling. It is when a couple doesn't understand gospel-centered intimacy. They, they see intimacy, or they see sex as a means to satisfy themselves primarily. If you don't understand your spouse, if you're not here to serve your spouse, what you're going to do is you're going to map your desires, your habits, your expectations over them, and there is a high chance that it could kill what sex could be for both of you. The key to gospel-centered intimacy is remembering that it's primarily about the other person, not you. The gospel is always about going. The gospel has an object in mind. For God so loved the world. Christ came to us. Gospel-centered intimacy is primarily about the other person. But then when you talk about this, some people... And honestly, it's a fair question, but they will ask, well, are you supposed to enjoy it? Aren't there benefits for, for me? Well, of course there are. But here's the thing. Those benefits, as far as gospel-centered intimacy is concerned, is a byproduct of your gospel-centered giving, not your self-centered getting. And you have to see the orientation here. You have to understand this, that there are benefits. Jesus will receive the benefits of his work that he gave to us. We are the recipients of his love. We are the recipients of his sacrifice. We are the recipients of his serving. We are getting a lot. Is Jesus going to enjoy it? Is Jesus going to receive any benefits for his sacrifice, for his love, for his serving? Of course he is. The benefits that he will receive will be the byproduct of his gospel-centered giving. And so as you model the gospel in biblical intimacy to where now you have gospel-centered intimacy, your focus is on the other person, and that's why it's imperative that you understand the person that you are serving. You can't serve anybody well unless you know them well. 
Therefore, you're going to have to be talking to them and communicating with them and and serving them in, in a way in which they want you to serve them because your goal is to continue to bring them to a, a better place than where they were before. And so as you apply that to intimacy, you want to make sure that, yeah, you will receive the benefits of your serving, but it can't be self-centered getting. If you flip the gospel on its head, you will make it about what you want rather than the other person, and both of you will, will lose. Now, many of you will be listening to this podcast, and you will automatically default, and you will think about your partner. You will think about your spouse and you will say something like, wow, I wish my husband would hear this or the husband will say, I wish my wife would hear this. Do you hear what you're thinking? Do you hear what you're saying to yourself? No, you have to start with yourself. You have to start. You you can't flip the gospel on his head and make it about what you want rather than the other person. If that is your starting point, then both of you are going to lose. But if you see biblical intimacy as a gift to give, there will be, a, there will be beautiful experiences that will come your way. And those benefits that will come your way will be far more enjoyable than something that you mandated, than something that you manipulated. Now for the wife, how can she think about the gospel from a gospel-centered way? Well, there are many ways to explore this idea, and, and because of time, I'm not going to interact with all of those, but I, I, would, I would say this for the wife. It means to make yourself as attractive as you can be for your husband because men are stimulated by what they see. But I want you to hear what I said and what I didn't say. I said make yourself as attractive as you can be. As you can be, meaning that you can't compare yourself to other people. This is such a danger for women. We take our cues from what we see in the culture. We take our cues from what we see on the television or or, or via Hollywood. You can't compare yourself to to other people and, and try to compete or make yourself that attractive. If your husband wants you to be, if your husband is making comparisons, if he's making comparisons, then you need to get help because that is an issue where he needs to change and he needs to understand your attractiveness, but you want to help along those lines. And so you make yourself as attractive as you can be, but that is within limits. That is within moderation. You put guardrails up. You be what you can be. You don't be sloppy and lazy. You take care of yourself because that is important for a husband. Now for the husband, I'll just mention one point for you as well. And this probably is at the top of the list. It means that intimacy is a 24-7 opportunity to serve your wife rather than five minutes in the bedroom to satisfy your animal urges. It is important for you to understand your wife and that you serve her in a 24-7 capacity, not just for you to get what you want. A wife typically Women want more than just the physical act of biblical intimacy. 
You see, biblical intimacy is physical and spiritual. It's all of yourselves, but it's not five minutes. It's not just five minutes in the bedroom. And so you spend time with your wife serving her in a way in which she wants you to serve her, whether it's communication or uh, giving her things, however that works out. Every, every wife or every person is different. But the point here is that you see intimacy as a 24-7 opportunity. I can give you a list of things that, that Lucia likes outside of the bedroom, and if you want to make the bedroom what it should be, you better make sure that you see intimacy, not a five-minute act, but a 24-7 opportunity. Husbands, am I clear on that? If the husband or wife does not get the gospel right, they will never enjoy intimacy the way the Lord intended. And the longer they go without correcting this gospel mistake, the accumulative effect of doing it wrong will pile up on them, and it will be hard to unravel years down the road. Now, you can fix problems. I don't want to suggest that whatever problem that you may have, in this case, we're talking about intimacy, but whatever problem you have, the gospel cannot repair. It can. It can repair all mistakes, but it will be difficult if you continue on making this gospel mistake because there will be a cumulative effect. And I have sat on the other end of, of counseling sessions where couples have gone two, three, four decades without correcting this gospel mistake when it comes to gospel-centered intimacy. And so if you have ears to hear, I would appeal to you to hear and to do something about it. This is episode 216, Should a Wife Be Intimate? If she doesn't want to be, well, that is a complex question, and so I would appeal to you, number one, find your starting point and make sure you understand why this question is being asked. Number two, make sure you have a clear understanding of biblical intimacy. It is total physical and spiritual engagement, which means it encompasses the whole, whole person and because we are fallen, there can be complications within those two dichotomies. And then number three, make sure that you understand gospel-centered uh, intimacy. Gospel-centered, it's about gospel-centered giving, not self-centered getting. And then finally, I have a few call-to-action questions that would be excellent for you to discuss uh, if the couple is mature enough to talk about these things. And if not, I would encourage you to find someone, wife, find someone of the same gender that you can talk to, husband, find someone of the same gender that you can talk to so that you can find the help that you need. But question number one, do you see your spouse as a person to serve with intimacy or an individual to manipulate so you can get what you want. Think about this question. Take time to reflect upon this question. And if there's some things that you need to change, then by all means, get to work and start changing those things. Do you see your spouse as a person to serve with intimacy or an individual to manipulate so you can get what you want? Number two, where's your starting point with your spouse? Are you presuming too much with them? And because you're taking too much for granted, you are inhibiting what sex should be in your marriage. Number four, I'm going to skip number three. You can read these call to actions if you w wish. But number, the fourth question here, what specific ways have you expected, manipulated, or demanded sex from your spouse that has hurt them? Take some time to think about this. 
Maybe you want to discuss this with another person, but if you identify an area where you have expected or manipulated or demanded sex from your spouse and it ultimately has hurt them, will you repent of this sin? And then question number five, do you see your spouse for your sexual pleasure or do you enjoy sexual pleasure as the result of your gospel-centered giving yourself to your spouse? I assume that many of you would have questions about this podcast. If, if you do, that would be fantastic. I do want you to check out the articles that I have embedded here. They will help you. I would encourage some of you that it would be important that you find a counselor or uh, a competent person uh, within your local church that you can talk to, maybe go to your pastor or one of your elders or a small group leader, someone who who understands these things as I have communicated them to you here, and they will be able to walk alongside you. This is a huge issue, and because of, of some of the things that's involved and the way some people have been shaped and the things that have happened to them in their lives, whether it's the decisions that they have made or the things that have been done to them, things that others have done to them, when it comes to intimacy, things can really get complicated, and it is important. And as hard as it may be, you will have to, you'll have to take the plunge, and you will have to have this conversation. And so if you're struggling this way, you find the person that you need to talk to. Ask God who that individual is, and then make an appointment, make a calendar date to this week so that you can talk to them and get the help you need. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, episode 216, Should a Wife Be Intimate If She Doesn't Want to Be. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.